We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my darling, my soul sibling, my sweet, sweet friend. Thanks for hanging out with us here today on Empower Radio and allowing me and in Journey to Center to be a part of your day. I'm so incredibly honored. So today I want to talk about a relationship that tends to be very mm, interesting and maybe sometimes confusing for a lot of people. Most people have a relationship with this particular being and it is money. So what are your thoughts or more importantly, what are your feelings when I say the word money, it can be a weighted subject and a complex relationship for a lot of people on planet Earth. And whether we know it or not, the relationship with money is, in fact, a real relationship. So if I say the word money or if you think about money and it brings up stress and fear, it's likely that it's going to be hard for you to attract and maintain. If you don't feel you are worthy, deeply worthy and valuable, it may seem Money just passes you by. If you have a love-hate relationship with, with money, it may come in and then go out of your reality. So on the other hand, if you love money and respect it, if you appreciate and enjoy it, you probably have more than the average person. If you view money as a tool and an energy of exchange and you deeply respect it, if you have a healthy relationship with it, you're likely pretty prosperous and fairly abundant. So today, I'm really happy to be having a conversation with one of my very dearest friends about this very important relationship and subject of money, abundance, and expanding into our divine prosperity. We are here with Penny Orloff. Penny is a professional life coach and a fairy godmother. She is my personal fairy godmother. She's been a tarot reader for over 50 years and has used the cards in her counseling practice for decades. For 10 years, she was the art therapist as a residential drug and rehab facility in Malibu. She's the author of Art as Life Work, Life as Artwork, a creativity seminar and workbook that's been offered nationwide since 1991. And she's currently at work on her book, Who Would You Be If You Had Nothing to Bitch About? Her personal development system, Wishful Thinking, synthesizes the human proclivity for magic and symbol with practical steps to the manifestation of your highest good and greatest happiness. She's a regular contributor of stories to the Chicken Soup for the Soul series. In her former life, Penny was a working actor and dancer in Los Angeles when a Juilliard scholarship took her to New York. She sang more than 20 principal solo soprano roles for New York City Opera and played feature roles on Broadway under such directors as Harold Prince, Joseph Papp, theater, concert, and opera engagements took her all over the U.S., Europe, and the former Soviet Union. Her solo show, Jewish Thighs on Broadway, based on her best-selling novel, the same name, on Amazon, toured the U.S. for a decade, including a successful run off-Broadway in 2005. Her new show, Songs and Stories from a Not-Quite-Kosher Life, premiered last August in Seattle. So, Penny, thank you for saying yes to this conversation with me about money and all things prosperous. Well, thank you for inviting me. This is a subject dear to my heart, and I always enjoy our conversations. We do have great fun. And both of us have um, journeyed through some confusing terrain from, I dare I say, poverty to prosperity. And it was, it was, it was um, 
quite the journey. So I'd just like to start with your a bit of your backstory and um, <laughs> some of your funny um, uh, sharings about um, your relationship with money. Well, um, from the time I was a small child, I, I had decided to be an artist, a performing artist, and I started as a dancer and then a, a, an actress as well. And I was told from early on, you can't do that because you'll live in poverty for your whole life. And as a young child, in my mind, I said, okay, I don't care. I'll live in poverty, but I'll be a working artist. Mm-hmm. and I'll live the life of my dreams. I'll, I'll be an artist. I'll be a performing artist. And I don't mind poverty. Poverty's fine as long as I get to do that. So mm-hmm. I became an actress and a singer, and I got a scholarship to Juilliard. So apparently I didn't need money. I got a scholarship to Juilliard. I, I became an opera singer. I became a Broadway musical theater actress. So that meant I was unemployed almost all the time. I had uh, my, my jobs were few and far between. Uh, there were a couple of years there where I had a lot of jobs back to back, but mostly I had accepted the fact that, you know, I wouldn't be working constantly and I would never have money. And that was fine with me because at least when I was unemployed, I was unemployed in a business I absolutely loved and I had lots of free time, which for mm-hmm. me was the greatest wealth. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went on like that year after year, uh, well into my, I'd say, yeah, 60s. I'm 71 now. And about, I think, six or seven years ago it was, Tammy Balashevsky was writing a sequel to Manifesting Love from the Inside Out. And her sequel was called Manifesting Prosperity from the Inside Out. And she was talking to her friends and she had conversations with me about prosperity while she was writing this book and asked questions of everyone. And uh, she said to me one night when we were having wine and just talking, she said, okay, so for you, what is prosperity? And I said, for me, uh, I'm able to write well. So I'm an arts journalist because I know a lot about ballet and dance in general and music and opera and theater and uh, and writing. I know a, a lot about all of that. So I'm an arts journalist now and I get paid to write articles about all these things I love. Better than that, I get tickets, best seats in the house to all the theater, all the musicals, all the operas and symphonies, all the dance. I get to sit there and watch these wonderful things that I love. And for me, being able to afford the best seats in the house, that's prosperity. That's one of those things. And, um, and I, I love uh, having loads of free time. For me, that's mm-hmm. great wealth. Mm-hmm. And I, I mentioned all these things. And finally, Tammy Balashevsky, Dr. Tammy said, okay, those things all do sound like prosperity. That, that's really valid to me. But I noticed you don't mention money. What's wrong with money? <laughs> and I fell into dead silence. And I've never heard that before silence from you because it's like you've always got a lot to say and share and and we both sat there and just well I looked at you and you just kind of blinked around and it looks like it looked like you were fritzing out yeah there wasn't much I I mean your eyes were going there was apparently a lot going on in your mind but you weren't speaking and finally like Penny 
Annie, are you okay? <laughs> well, I'm used to having answers. You know, I always think I have all the answers. And that one question, it, it kind of threw a wrench in the works. It's like I had an electronic freeze or something. I had no answer. What's wrong with money? Because and you had said, and I, that, and I didn't disagree with you, because you had said, I don't need money to be prosperous. I'm like, okay. Right. Okay, I right. hear that. But what about money, too? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I hadn't, hadn't any answer. And I, I realized that an eight-year-old had been running my life. When I was eight, nine, 10, 11, I had decided if I get to be an artist, I don't mind being poor my whole life. I don't need money to be happy. I, I'll be happy without money. And I did. And that eight-year-old was still running my life. I don't need money to be happy. And when Tammy asked me, well, what's wrong with money? And I had no answer. Suddenly my whole life opened up and, and uh, that, that idea that had shut down all money coming or most money coming to me, all but the smallest stream, that, mm-hmm. that idea that had closed that channel to a part of prosperity for me, th- that block came tumbling away and suddenly without it being there within what was it by by a month later uh, i had doubled you're like tammy i i made more money this month than i've ever made in my life you started to really open to this more free-flowing prosperous relationship with money you opened your mind to it and it shifted the energy of it in your life yeah because you blasted away that one little block and i hadn't realized it was a block i thought well i'm perfectly happy without money and that's that was a good thing to me that was the desired good was to be able to be perfectly happy without money and you said okay could you be happy with some money too (laughs) it's not the enemy and i love i love your rebellious spirit and saw how it served you in so many ways and this one particular way i couldn't really well and that's it's not for me to say and my relationship with money was something different I loved it. I wanted it. I was a little afraid of it. And a deeper belief was that I didn't really have a lot of value. And I believe we all manifest what we deeply think or believe we deserve. And I had this issue of not being worthy. I was willing to work my ass off for nickels and dimes, but I didn't really believe my energy or gifts or talent were very valuable. So my life was a reflection of that. I got to work hard and jump through high crew, high high hoops for crumbs. And you have supported me and just um, more clearly perceiving my gifts and understanding that they have great value. And um, as I've relaxed into that state of, you know what? I do have value. I do have gifts that are um, very helpful and worthy and wonderful. And they may not be the gifts that I admire and respect in others, but they're my gifts. And they are important. They are an important contribution to the planet. And so I love that you blasted some of my ideas out of, well, bringing it into my conscious awareness, first of all, so that I could kind of pick through and clear what was no longer serving me. Because I think our blocks to what, whatever it is that we want are internal. It's never about the out there. They're internal. Oh, I believe that. We clear so, that up. So it changes the out there, right? Yeah, but one thing that came forward for me while you were just just now saying, and you you were saying that maybe your gifts aren't um, anything that you value in other people, but I believe that we seek mirrors. And, you know, it's why uh, in in the recovery, 
industry, and, and I was a rehab art therapist for, for over 10 years, they say, if you spot it, you got it, mm-hmm. which means things that shadow stuff of your own that you can't accept in yourself or you feel shame about, you notice that in other people because that's mm-hmm. your reflection. But mm-hmm. likewise, there is a phenomenon called positive projection. And Tammy, you always admired seekers and people who studied spirituality and that's who, true. who were seeking the highest in themselves, you admired that in other people. But I think your shame mirror, you sought instead, um, you sought reasons to be ashamed of yourself rather than see clearly that what you really did value in other people was the largest part of yourself. And, and that that's I think true. is what, that's true. Yeah, that's what well, I tried to reflect back to you is what I saw. Well, and what was really interesting, because as an eight-year-old, much like yourself, I was told um, that art was stupid and that you've got to do things you don't want to in life to survive. And so I went a different direction. You were a rebel and that served you in some ways. I was like, oh, okay. So I put that away and thought, well, if I want to make money, I have to do things I don't want to do. And I got to do that a lot. And then I also, (laughs) I, I wanted to participate I wanted to be an actress. I wanted to be out there. I wanted to be seen. And I was going on an audition one day and you said, Tammy, what are you doing? You're not an actress. And I was like, well, you bitch. (laughs) And then you said to me, it was so wonderful. And then you followed up with saying, you're a shaman. And yes, you're supposed to be seen and heard, but you're not supposed to be interpreting or entertaining people. You're supposed to be teaching these, um, higher like spiritual truths and something in there resonated so deeply as accurate. I never went on another audition and it was liberating, but there wasn't, um, you know, when you take your aptitude tests, you know, you go through and you answer all the questions doesn't really come up often is that you're supposed to be a shaman. And what does that mean anyway? You know? So I really had to sit with what that meant and what my true gifts were. And I think that's what we're here to do. Figure out, to know ourselves and know what our gifts are, find our authentic shape, and then share that with the world. Shine brightly and dance in your own light. And my experience has been as I've settled more into this without having to contort or prove or do what others said I had to do to survive, as I've just allowed myself to relax into my shape and know that I have value, the money has shown up as, it seems, um, an effortless consequence. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. But, you know, that whole thing about being an actor, um, pretending to be other than you are, and the parts people wanted you cast in, you know, real, just kind of airhead, silly people, and you were willing to pretend to be that. And I think I just told you, why don't you just be who you are, which is so much bigger. And I think that finally you had permission to, to settle into your fullness of, of yourself. That that whole thing about, oh, for me, early on, all of it, the acting, the writing, the dancing, the singing, it's all about storytelling for me. Mm-hmm. And I admired the old storytellers when I was a little kid. We had five generations alive at the same time. I admired the old storytellers, and I knew that was going to be me. That's the thing I wanted more than anything. When, when I grow up, when I'm 71, <laughs> I'll have long white hair, and I'll be that old storyteller. And I am. And my whole life has led me to this point. But one thing, you were told that art was silly. It wasn't mm-hmm. silly in our family. My, my mother's family, back generations, they were all musicians and singers. And 
they that was highly prized, but you couldn't make a living at that. You know, that wasn't that wasn't practical. Right. So, um, yeah. So I thought, OK, I won't be practical. But as I did it, you know, and they told me, no, you'll never make it and things like that. But I did. I succeeded at the highest levels in New York. And, you know, I, I did it with great colleagues and wonderful orchestras and, you know, at the pinnacle of the world and all that. And my family was very proud. And my mother's family, I mean, oh, she's, you know, it's in my DNA from my mother's side of the family going back. Well, I can count eight generations of it, and I don't know who was before that, but, you know, I still have my grandfather's grandfather's violin, and wow. I know all my grandmother's grandmother's songs. I'm the repository of all that. So it was, I was never told it was silly. It was very, very important. Eastern European Jews, Russian Jews, music, art, you know, the theater, dance, it's very important. And scholarship and and music are very important in my culture. So, but but you know that whole idea. I I should marry, marry somebody who who will make a good living, or, or or get a good job. And the whole thing is, I've never married. I mean, I'm with the same man almost 40 years, but I never married because I wasn't going to marry someone to support <laughs> me. You know, same way like I wasn't going to get a job. Yeah, you're such a rebel. The rebel rebel is very strong. (laughs) I love that about you. I love that about you. Don't tell me not to do that. I'm going to prove you wrong, and you did a good job, but then it's like it can get to be exhausting. So how about um, open your mind to other possibilities and relax. So, Penny, I want to talk a little bit more about how you and how I think a principle that works for everyone can expand their relationship with money and increase their prosperity because so often I think again we have to think we 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 think we have to do what we don't want to have to do to survive I think there's job career life purpose you know job is where you're kind of selling out and doing what you don't want to do because you have to get the money career is like well you have some education you're kind of proud of it you know it's cool and then life purpose is when you get paid to play so I want you to talk a little bit more about how you increased your personal prosperity how you went from poverty to a life where you don't have to worry about money at all Okay. Um, yeah, and I don't. I mean, we're, we're set for life, and that was from hand to mouth. What seven years ago did you write that book? Uh, something yep. like that. Yeah. To within exactly. a, a year, I tripled my income, and now, I mean, uh, we own the house, we own the cars, we have no credit card debt, and whenever I uh, feel like, oh, I, I'd like the money, a job falls on me, and it's not that. I believe it's all there at all times. And what we focus on becomes our reality. And the more we're focused on it, the larger. I visit my money every day with love and respect. I I go into my accounts and I visit my money and I bless (laughs) it. And, you know, I focus on it and the abundance. And, of course, in the last week or two, it's taken a dive, of course. I'm down maybe $85,000, but I'm up more than 30,000 from where I was even two years ago. So instead of looking at, oh, what you don't have, if you look at what you do have and bless the abundance, Mm -hmm. the gratitude, Mm -hmm. gratitude for abundance. And for example, I go out in the garden and now I'm out in the desert and the cactuses are beginning to have little flower buds on it. And I go and look at them every day and that is abundance. And I look at how it just comes unbidden. It just comes these amazing flowers. 
So that's part of the value around me that I see. I focus in on value. Oh, and that's abundance. nice. Mm-hmm. Everything that comes to me. And um, also, Tammy introduced me, and I think about the same time you asked me, what's wrong with money? Why can't you have money? Um, what was that lady's name who wrote that? Edwin Gaines. Edwin Gaines. She Edwin wrote The Four Gaines. Spiritual Laws of uh, Prosperity. The Four Spiritual and Laws of Prosperity. And I recommend that Yeah, book. I've had her on the show Wait, a few times. Mm-hmm. So you bought me that book. And one of the first principles that Edwin Gaines espoused was the idea of tithing, that if you are an abundant person, if you're going to be an abundant person and recognize your abundance and increase your abundance and prosperity, you have to see the abundance you have and be able to bless and keep 90% of that and then give 10% away. Give it away to where you find spiritual nourishment. So the first thing I did after Tammy and I had that life-changing conversation was. (laughs) You wrote me a check. (laughs) uh, I wrote Tammy a check. I said, I'm deriving spiritual nourishment. So in the in the three months before that, I had earned something like, I don't know, a $1,000 in the three full months before that conversation. So $1,000, 10%. I gave Tammy $100. She said, oh, I can't accept this. I Talk started not twitching. I felt not being, I couldn't receive. And you can't be prosperous if you can't receive graciously. And um, That's you right. read my mind and I said, I can't go cash this check. And you said, you better go out and cash that check because I'm ready for, I'm ready to receive my abundance. And so, and from that moment on, yeah. I kept track of every cent that came in to me. And as soon as it would come in, I would take 10% and give it to an organization or a person or a cause where I felt any kind of inspiration or spiritual um, support or anything like that. And I realized that unplugging that cork, which was 10%, is like a cork. And you unplug it, and the prosperity then, instead of being stuck, it flows through you, and it creates yes. a vacuum at the back. Right, because if you're out, holding on to it, it creates- yes, if you're holding on to it tightly, like uh, a handful of sand, you're, you're pretty much guaranteed you're going to end up with no sand in your hand. But if you hold it lightly, you receive graciously, you give generously, it tends to pile up higher and higher and higher. <laughs> Yeah, but the piling, it happens not as piling up. It comes as the vacuum created by your generosity. Yes, a flow. It it creates a flow, and the 10%, at least 10% going out deliberately and constantly means that vacuum sucks in ever more, and then more comes out the front. You're able to give more and more. And, I mean, I, I kept a log like that, and the money started pouring in where I, you know, where I hadn't expected it, but because I started watching for it so that I could keep track of what 10% is, my whole focus became giving 10%. So I had to keep track of what was coming in. So what was coming in because I was paying so much attention to it grew and grew. And you took a leap of faith. You took a leap of faith because I've talked to a lot of people about this and they'll say, well, I just don't have it to tie. But when it comes in, I will. But you took a leap of faith and you wrote the check before it came in. And then it was like it was like almost immediately like, Tammy, you're not gonna believe this. This just this this thing just happened and that thing just happened. And it just kept growing and expanding. And it's like it's been so consistent. It's been 
jobs I really loved. People started calling me. It wasn't like I had to go to work because I never was going to go to work. I, I had determined that a long time ago. But these jobs came in like, like a party to read tarot for a very uh, a lady that uh, got my name through a friend of a friend of hers. And she hired me. She has now hired me for seven parties. And she pays my fee plus a tip. A four-hour chunk of ch- chunk of time plus a tip, and she hires me for all her parties because I love reading tarot, and her friends love having their tarot cards read. So she does that for her friends at parties. Her her husband is a hugely successful world banker, and his fiftieth birthday party was last October, and she invited everybody. And she please come. It's going to be his birthday party. He's 50. And and I read for him and I mean, but seven parties. So that came to me and I'm a very good editor. And suddenly all these people were asking me to help them edit their papers. And in order to weed out some, because I had so many, I kept raising my prices. So people kept asking me to do it. So, but I mean, all these things, but I was watching for it too. And instead of, nah, no thanks. And you were celebrating it. You were receiving graciously, you were celebrating it. You've definitely transformed your relationship with money. And I think everybody has this potential and capacity and opportunity. Yeah. So Penny, we just have like a minute left here. And again, you are so magnificent and magical when you do tarot readings and you can do those over the phone, right? Or Skype. Yeah, I, I do them on the phone or by even by internet by email, and I can okay. do them by FaceTime, Skype. I've done I've done that. Okay, yeah, can you please do? Um, awesome. Can you please do a shout out so people know where to get a hold of you? Maybe an email address or whatever in case they want to have a reading yeah. with you and maybe open to their relationship with money or get answers for whatever questions they might have. We have uh, one minute left, so do the shout out. Let them know okay. where they can find you. Yeah, if you want a tarot reading, especially now when everybody's doing social distancing and being in this together apart, you can reach me at Penny Orloff, all one one in, in one, Penny Orloff at me, M-E, me dot com. Penny Orloff at me dot com. And um, just let me know if you want a tarot and I'll take PayPal. I mean, we don't have to exchange, <laughs> you know, microbes. <laughs> <laughs> You're so fun. I sure do appreciate you. You are a blast. Boy, you. And, and to my soul siblings and my friends here, I sure do appreciate you too. I mean, I love having these conversations with my friends and my my soulmates and my conscious uh, spiritual rock climbers. But what makes it even more fun is to have you be part of the energy. And my intention is to support and empower, uplift and give you hope. And, and I would love to be in touch with you if you have a prayer request if you want a guided meditation you know um if you need a if you need a book a a journal a guide to help you go higher either in love or with prosperity that's why i write that's why i do what i do so just be in touch with me at tammy b phd at gmail.com t-a-m-m-i b as in boy phd at gmail.com or go to my website tammy b phd.com and download my free ebook the path to prosperity and my free guided meditation to support you and manifesting more of what you want, deserve, and desire in your life to help you manifest what God has for you. Let's remove those inner blocks. Let's remove those so that we can live this life of more flow and grace and ease and joy. So I love you. I appreciate you. And let's be in touch, my spiritual rock climber, my soul sibling, my friend, my darling, my seeker. God bless you. Onward and upward. 
Take good gentle care of yourself. Bye for now.